And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation that I'm hoping helps your business grow. All right. Do you know an inventor? Because I do. That's who we're going to talk to today on the show today. But when I think of an inventor, I usually think of of a mad scientist, uh, a Willy Wonka, uh, uh, maybe someone who's off toiling away behind closed doors, making tomorrow's future better for all of us. I think I actually did a pretty good job of describing today's guest, who's also a good personal friend of mine. And I'm just happy that we got him on the show. His business is also one of the top Kansas City startups on Startup Hustle's 2021 list. Now, with me today, I've got John Bucard. And John's the CEO and founder of Tesseract Ventures. Go to tesseractventures.io and learn more about what they're doing. There's a link for that in the show notes. I guess I should just go ahead and get right into it and say, John, welcome to Startup Hustle. Boy, am I happy to be here. Happy to see you, Matt DeCourcy. Oh, I'm glad to have you here. And, you know, I, as most people that listen to the show know, I normally like to uh, dive right in by asking my guests a little bit about their backstory. So, John, you, you know, I think you're, you're like me and you're one of those people that probably gets asked what you do. And there's like 10 different versions of it. They're all based on the same truth and reality. And That's sometimes right. it depends on how creative or excited I am. But, John, what's your backstory? Well, I'm uh, I'm, I grew up in Kansas city. I went to high school here. Uh, my brother and I, and my sister, uh, I have an identical twin. Um, and even my wife, we all grew up here, uh, in Kansas, went to high school here in Kansas and then, um, college. Uh, I left Kansas city in 1999 to make my way out to the West coast, uh, to work for a very special individual. Uh, his name was Stan Lee. A super, super unique job and research and development with him um, in California it was quite an interesting change from coming from Kansas, but I really liked uh, Southern California and the opportunity there. I remembered at the time back in the late 90s that I didn't think it was the right time to start a high technology company. It wasn't the right time back then. It is now, actually, now with Tesseract, but but back then it wasn't the right time. And I decided to really, uh, you know, pick up a unique career. So that was very special. Um, started my uh, company in California and ultimately sold the first company called Infinite. Worked for a company called Evolution Robotics, which was a very unique company at Idea Lab. And that company ultimately got sold to iRobot. I started Tesseract Ventures three years ago back in Kansas city. And it was a, a, a very important decision on how to start that business, but I'm happy to be back in my hometown to kick some ass. Well, and you're definitely doing that. And, you know, I've known you for several years at this point. Now, let me back up a little bit because, you know, you have a, you have a tendency of breezing past. Okay. Stan Lee, that's like, <laughs> like the X-Men Marvel, like all that. Co-creator. Roomba. Co-creator. Yeah. So some of that, well, you know, now originally you, you kind of started in the world of toys. Yes, yes, yes. That's a very unique industry. Um, yeah. The toy business is uh, it's a super unique industry. It's very small. And the most unique piece of that business is that the toy industry has a, a mechanism to deal with outside innovation. So they, they really do have a series of business mechanisms where you could option and ultimately license ideas, technology, trade secrets, you know, uh, method, etc. Sometimes it's just, I've seen deals go down in the craziest ways in that industry, but they do have a innovation licensing mechanism to do business. And um, I, I've always loved that uh, camaraderie in that group. Um, but it's, it's part of Tesseract, I imagine, that type of creativity, the business that we have now. 
So what, what's something working with a guy like Stanley and seeing someone like that regularly, what's mm. something you, what, what's something if he's kind of your Charles Xavier, like the, <laughs> like the real life version. So what, what did you learn? What's what, what's a cup a takeaway you got from being in that school of the gifted? Yes. Yes. What a great, wow. You are, you're a Marvel man. I can tell. Yeah, make I'm mine trying Marvel. hard. I'm trying hard. <laughs> make mine Marvel. Yeah. Uh, Stan Lee, uh, it was a an exceptional, uh, storyteller in the greatest sense of the word. And that was what, that's one of the things I really learned from him to how to tell a story and to capture people's attention and take them through a, a really wonderful story with, uh, background of character and story arc and the highs and lows of, of uh, how to tell a wonderful story. And so I did learn that from him. I also really learned a, a unique method. Um, he used something called the Marvel method, which was he had a complete bullpen of artists. You know, he was a writer. So he had this unique method where he could translate these ideas into real stories that were visual and captured people's attention too, very much like what we do in the invention business and our experiential entertainment and future lab studio. So we have a group of, we have a bullpen of creatives as well. So I learned how to marshal and amplify uh, their powers <laughs> with those individuals that we would hire inside the business. So I learned that from him too. So what I've, I've often compared entrepreneurs, you know, to superheroes in our own rights. We all have our own, our own superpower. And I think it always, you know, you look at any superhero story and it always begins with realizing you have this power and you have, you have the inability to control it. Oh. Right. And then, you know, someone comes along and teaches you how to harness it. And if you, for me, it's, it's funny. I say that that's ADD. Yeah. Like most people look at attention deficit disorder as this penalty and I wouldn't give it back. Now it took me forever to be able to harness it. I guess I was kind of like Cyclops mowing things down with his <laughs> eyes everywhere he looked in some regards. Now, glasses, would you? <laughs> so, and I've asked past guests this, I mean, what's, what do you think your superpower is as an entrepreneur? Oh, what a great question. That's a good question. I often think uh, I've thought about, thought about superpower, thought about gifts, right? Like um, how to refine a set of gifts. Um, some gifts are innate. Some can be refined and and amplified. I suppose my greatest uh, superpower is I have the ability to zoom out uh, to 30,000 feet and look at a problem set, um, a robot, a piece of software, code. I can zoom way out and then also have the ability to get zoom straight into the exact detail of or the anatomy of a, of a problem set, or maybe it's some piece of innovation that we're working on, or perhaps it's even on the company side, building the business to zoom out. Uh, let's say from a financial story perspective that we're giving to stakeholders or investors and z just zoom right down into the details. So that took me some time to, to, to be uh, competent and good at. So I suppose that's one of them. Yeah, I agree. I, I've known you for a while. And like, you know, for those of you listening, that it's really exciting for me to do the top Kansas City startups because these are my neighbors and peers in entrepreneurship. And, and many times the people I call on good days and sometimes on bad days, because <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah. you just need someone that you can relate to and to tell maybe someone that's as crazy as you are on some days or as level headed. I've got as some others. calls from you, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You've, had, you've had the good day and the bad day and the and a couple of the like, OK, tell me if I'm crazy, because uh, yes. that's I feel like any any entrepreneur listening has made that call to several people. All right. So, you know, the what about the, yours, man? What's yours? The my superpower. Super, yeah. Well, for, I, it's the ADD, but it's the refined version of it because I have a hyper focus. I, I have well, hyper focus, but also like hyperactivity in the regards that I have a motor that just doesn't shut off. So, you know, anyone that, that, it, that understands a lot about personality styles and strengths and weaknesses know that your strength and your weakness hold hands and walk down the street. So yeah. on some days, that's like an incredible power. Like I can get up and do the things that I don't want to do at the times that I least want to do them, which some people just call self-discipline. I say that's drive. And then on sometimes you can't turn off the engine. I've, I've seen, I had a couple of meetings uh, this last week or so, I guess it was last week 
with some key executives where, you know, when you have these business meetings and you're in discussion, you know, you, 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 you start to develop a profile on how to do business with somebody. And I speaking about these powers and what people are good at, you know, in the, one of the meetings, I had my identical twin brother with me. Who's and a, he is very identical. And yeah, he's we're and, mirror and, image. And twinhood. Identical. Yeah. You guys identical. look exactly. Yeah. Mirror image. So what, what his superpower is, is that he's a very exceptionally good listener and he listens differently than most people. He actively listens. And so sometimes I have him attend some business meetings to understand who I'm dealing with. Cause I'm so concentrated sometimes in conversations where his superpower, even though we're identical twins is the listening super carefully to a conversation and, and, or an individual or a group of individuals and developing a, a business profile on the person, how they handle conversations, stress and voice, uh, the venting of, of anxiety, for instance. So he, he has a very unique ability to, to reach deep inside somebody's psyche and understand what makes them tick. So I suppose I do bring him with me at times when, when we hire people or we, when we decide to do business with uh, companies or something, we, you know, kind of like a corporate witch. You, you, you mentioned <laughs> not a witch, but yeah. you, you, well, no, that's I mean that's the ability to read people and understand yeah. like motivations or really anything is is powerful. Um, I mean, a lot of, I I wrote about some of that in my first book because yeah. if you can't publish, aren't you? Yeah, barely. <laughs> so, we'll give you as many copies as you want <laughs> on the way out. Out. We're trying to get rid of them, but <laughs> but so, uh, you know, being able to understand what someone else's personality style is, yeah. it, it makes your ability to communicate with them uh, a lot, well, you can be a lot more proficient at it. So I, I have another question. You yeah. mentioned being able to look at things from a 30,000 foot view. I would think that if strengths and weaknesses occupy the same boat together, that that also, does that ever lead to you being overly analytical? Mm, mm, good question. Yeah. Uh, well, w- one of the things I've noticed is, as, I, as I'm getting older uh, is the ability to um, hyper-focus. That's what I was describing earlier with you. you I, I, I have, a, and most, a lot, most people on my team too, have this really uncanny ability to absorb a lot of information at one time, almost like a, a big data pipe. Uh, like Google Chronicle has a huge data pipe that you can throw all kinds of data at. It's almost like that these days with entrepreneurs and inside our business where we're where I have super creative people working on all kinds of different things and how to, how to harness focus for them to be successful. Because on one hand, you have to let them be creative. And on the other hand, it's almost like you have to create the target and have guide them to the target, not, not micromanage, but inspire to, you know, it's always, it's not a straight line. Sometimes it's really a, a windy road to the target. So I try to set the target and, encourage and um, relate to my, my team members. They're all different types of people too. All unique personalities and, and abilities, you know? Working with creatives, uh, well, after a, nearly a decade in the music industry, <laughs> uh, I mean, I consider myself a, a, well, a salesperson, probably more so than any, anything else but a creative in, in that regard, we've had that conversation yeah. and it's a, uh, Hey, we're weird. Uh, you never know. And the, the thing that's the most challenging is, you know, that's the ability to turn on that creation or the, and the creativity and the inspiration. There's not a switch that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you can't prepare for when it happens. We try to give a unique space to be creative and it starts with, it starts, starts with the culture obviously, but then, the location where they know they can come to, I mean, I understand telecommuting, but at our place, we've taken the time. I, I like this. It's like the place you have here now, this new place, which is rad, man, what you built here in KCK. But it's a location where they can come to, where they feel like they can become creative, even right down to the lighting, to the comfort, um, the tools, to... Uh, activate their creativity, whether it be computers or drawing utensils or big screens or different pieces of technology, ones that we invent or even bring in. I think that collaborative space is still very, very important. 
we have that too. So the tools and location and curating the right individuals. Yeah. All got, it all comes together in a creative with a creative bunch, doesn't it? Yeah. When, when I'm in that mode, um, I'll, I'll lock myself in a room. You play any music? I can. I mean, I'm, I don't call myself a musician because I know real musicians. So I play like, do I listen to it? Yeah. Like when you, yeah. uh, sometimes yeah. when you have to write something, you, you say, Hey, write this. It's not like a book report where it's due by Friday. It's, you have to be in the right mood and the, the, the flow of, do you do a lot of writing now? I mean, I wonder, not, cause I do a I lot mean, more, more writing th now than three I books later. I haven't written, <laughs> written a whole lot. I'm kind of more specialized on talking at this Where's point. It's a muse. It's a lot easier. <laughs> what, but I do. Well, my muse is actually, um, do you have a muse? It, yeah. In some ways. I mean, and, uh, it, it, and I am very passionate about music. I'm a jam band guy. Yeah. I think I've talked to you about this. I, give me like a 48 minute song with no words. And I'm like down with that. Yeah, cause yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't end. And I can get, myself kind of it's almost like in a trance and i've actually yes, yes, that's what I, I'm, I'm in a very fortunate position because i've got i'm friends with the rock stars that <laughs> i look up to it's a weird wow. thing so i actually get to share the sentiment with them and i've, I've done that and actually it's uh, you know i'm sitting here in our studio like yeah. surrounded by Humphreys oh, yeah. mcgee here. concert <laughs> posters and stuff like that yeah. and and, you know, I, those guys have been have been a big guide. I think you might have saw some of my pictures this summer. I took my daughter to see them at Red Rocks. <laughs> oh, yeah. My six-year-old daughter and I went row two to, at Red Rocks to a, a, a jam band show. And, yeah, it, it was. She's it was, a smart kid, by the way. She loved it. But, you know, so for me, that's my muse. And that, that can kind of put me in the space. The problem I have with the creative thing and any of that, even inspiration, creativity, uh, it, it surges and it's, mm. I, I actually talk about that some in the book Balance Me because it's like, it's almost like, you know, a top, like a kid's toy, like you spin it and it stays upright uh -huh. and you're only going to maintain it for a specific amount of time before it falls over and you got to do it again. Yeah. And there are so many things that can knock that, that focus off its axis. Like, and that's the thing I, you know, you talk about the, the creator mindset or the entrepreneur mindset. And if I, I have had thing that's been that's been a, the best asset for me is as a wife that understands yes. that that's what I need to do and she'll 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 block for me she'll she'll make sure like I mean I can tell her I'll be like hey I'm going I'm gonna go lock myself in my office for a little bit and she I mean she just at this point uh, you know, at, over a decade later, she didn't ask why. She just listen, man. She loves you, and I have to tell you, I, I, this is interesting, very interesting conversation. I'm glad I came in here today, uh, in the studio, not on Zoom or or Google true, Me. This is true because I've been waiting to 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 come down here. You know, it is it is very important for entrepreneurs to pick the right spouse. Oh yeah. In fact, you know, I remember when we got the startup team together, this is a great story. I'll be brief. Uh, we, you know, um, I also work with my wife, uh, who is highly intelligent and really, uh, really a perfect, have a perfect role for her in the business too. But I have to say, I remember in the very beginning of the business, we sat everybody down, including spouses. And we said, do you know what you're about ready to enter into here? Yeah. I mean, even though we had, let's say, I did that with my wife we before we got down. married. All I literally, said, listen, yeah. you got to hear this out. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you, this is going to be hard work. It's going to be every day. We're going to laugh. We're going to cry. We're going to, you know, be, there's going to be all the whole cycle of emotions. And so picking the right spouse is like really important. So good for you. Good for us. But for, for me, that was, <laughs> so it's, I've been married twice and I don't, my first wife wouldn't have probably been a good fit for me as an entrepreneur, but mm. I, both my wives have been named Jill. So it's kind of hard to differentiate <laughs> so to Jill too. As, <laughs> she'll refer to herself as, as, I mean, I literally, when we went before we got married, I mean, I, I told her, I said, you know, and I'm older, I'm 10 years older than my wife. So I was like, Hey, look, I'm not going to change. <laughs> Even if you really, really, really want me to like it's so, and I think that's a mistake that people make, you know, men or women when they get in a relationship is thinking that they're going to change the other person. The older you get, the more that circuitry is burnt in. Don't 
change. Yeah. And I was like, well, <laughs> she didn't want me to. And then, you know, that's, there's good days with that and there's bad days. Now, before we get into the rest of this conversation, a quick reminder that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Now, I normally say that at the beginning of the show, I'm going to get in trouble for not saying it. I've just like, anytime I get in the studio with, I was with, full scale, with my friends, oh God, it's amazing. Good, it's great. just been such a journey. It's been, you know, we just did our one millionth service hour. Wow. Congrats. Like, like we've been trying to wrap our arms around that. So that's 125,000 eight hour days. <laughs> wow. Like, wow. Jeez. Like, I mean, dude, like what, like I, I, I'm humbled and it's, yeah, I, and, 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 and a microscopic portion of that's me. It's, you know, 200, over 200 people around the world. If you want to learn more about it, go to fullscale.io. So awesome website. I like that tool that uh, showcases the, uh, the proper, the proper hire. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. And you that's all your own tools. Huh? That's it. Yeah. We mm -hmm. built our own system to manage the manage it. And, you know, after we got to a hundred employees after a year and we're like, okay, there's, that's an interesting thing. You just talk about innovation. And if, you know, I think that there's a big difference between settling for what you have to work with and building something that you need to work with. So, yeah, that, that whole system you're talking about is a management platform that has uh, increasingly made my life easy. Like my sales guy That's quit. My sales guy quit in July. And I oh. said, you know what? I'm not sure we need a sales guy anymore. And everyone looked at me. They're like, who's going to make the sales? I'm like. The fucking website, man. It's, <laughs> it's got a bringing them in, a gigabook is scheduling the appointments and like, that's how, that's how you did it here too. Managing podcasts. all of it. Right. Yeah. Right. The automation. I just, and, and that's what I want to talk about next. Cause yeah. you know, that's the, you know, so I'm glad we got to go down the superhero route because <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to get away from, I, 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 I've always enjoyed uh, listening to you talk about your experience at Marvel and so many so many boys and probably far less girls were obsessed with something Marvel growing up. So I think it's really neat to be around people like that. Now, you know, with that, you kind of jump from that to the world of robotics. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned having another, we don't have to get too stuck on it, but you were, um, you were, you were involved in some of the early phases of what are now things like Roomba. Well, Brava, yeah, yeah, but yeah, that was a that was a super. See, that was an interesting group too because that was at a uh, incubator called Idea Lab, a real incubator, and uh, it was a super unique experience because the the they assembled like the greatest group of minds in, inside that organization, and ultimately the cleaning, the the cleaning pattern and the ability to um, localize a machine in a room with no GPS to navigate a space ended up being the, 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 um, one of the core, uh, technology platforms that were developed by the company and ultimately became embedded in the mint, which was, which is, which is now the baseline for the Brava robot, the Brava robot. Um, it was a, it's, it was a great run. And, uh, I'm so proud of that company for what they, they accomplished. Tesseract is not a consumer robotics company. However, we, we do mo more enterprise, Robotics, which is more, um, you know, well, what is a robot? A robot could mean could mean that's a great many question. Things, yeah, right? what is an actual robot? Because the the thing that vacuumed the floor before you got here was a robot. You better make sure that's a Brava or, or a, a new Roomba. That's not putting out that. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is. Yeah. Okay. So good. Yeah. good and good. actually, I've been really impressed. You got to get a I've test been... robot in here. One of mine in here. Yeah. Well, I've tried. I've invited you. I said <laughs> we'll we'll put that robot to work. But yes. I mean, what is a robot? Though? That's a good question. Like, what actually classifies as a robot? I would say I would say a, a, a machine or service that automates a a certain a certain set of functions that a human may need help or wants to replace. Um, we're not replacing humans at Tesseract. Actually, our robots augment decision making. So more like a cobot, like a robot that assists a human rather than replacing a human we, we we've developed technology inside the company that reveals one of the robots we make is a smart space we call it a tesseract which is it is a room but it reminds me of uh all kinds of movies that i've seen but the, the, have you seen interstellar yeah so we built what's at the end of the movie you know where coop 
flies in through the black hole and ends up in a, in a, in a tesseract, a space of the future built by future humans. That's what we've built. Something that you can walk into that analyzes the past. Uh, let's see. Let's analyzes real time information and to predict future events. And so we've really, we really hit a homer here. Uh, I remember talking about really crazy st startup stories in my basement uh, in the Burbs, you know, where I remember when I lived in the Burbs before I got out of there, in the Burbs, in my basement on a, on a dry erase board, we were mapping out our next robot. And this was the, at the start of the inception of the business. And we wanted to, we knew, we, we knew what it, we wanted it to do. We knew what we wanted to call it. It took three years to build that machine. So we think a robot is an environment, one of the robots we make all United in the United States. Um, Does a robot have to be a physical thing that you can touch? Cause the, the description of automation yeah. or intelligence doesn't always exist in, in, in the, in a physical presence. Like, yes. I mean, so do, if it is that, because maybe we came up with a, maybe we come up with a different name for a robot. Yeah. I wasn't sure. Not I've, just ne a robot, I've never, I've never really, I've never really sat down to define what a robot is. Yeah. So know? maybe the better way is to come up with a new term and define what that is. And that's the new robot. Yeah. Maybe. You know I mean, I like the catchy. term. I like cobot actually. Cobot. Yeah. I mean, cause there's, there's so many things like if you look at whatever it is, the smart home, everything, the yeah. wave of all that stuff. I yeah. mean, those seem like cobots, like you yeah. co and you, co <laughs> you cohabitate a world and maybe they learn. Uh, yeah, I think that's the, the, I mean, and so does Silicon Valley and a lot of people that make investment think that, you know, they're putting so much big money down on AI and machine learning. And most people have no freaking clue. Super, what that super really, generic terms. Yeah, right? like what that really means and, you know, how that works. There's, I mean, a lot to be said about it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe the cobot is uh, it, it, we uh, have our photographer coming in taking a couple pictures of us. He hates, he loves it when I call that out. So, <laughs> so <laughs> we published it all here on Startup Hustle. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Now, I think that, that when it comes to, you know, AI, machine learning, all of that, it's, it's so misunderstood. Um, you know, I think- I can tell you what we're doing with it. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because I think what a lot of people misunderstood and misunderstand is the utility of it, meaning like what it what for the most part, robotics, AI and machine learning are doing the shit that people don't want to do anyway. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. this, this, this is a super unique conversation here. Um, well, like for for instance, we are innovating in, uh, inside a couple of key different industries at the moment. We do quite a bit of work with uh, the United States military, our brave men and women in, in the United States military. Um, super unique work uh, as it relates to um, future, a future state of uh, the military. And the other industry that we work in quite a bit is in utility and in construction. In the construction business, it took us quite a bit of time to navigate the industry, um, the lingo, for instance. And so... Uh, the construction industry is going through a metamorphosis. Uh, the worker is, is the workers becoming older and, you know, uh, how do you extend training or how do you automate certain tasks on a construction site, uh, to make things more efficient, more safe. Um, we're working on that type of technology and robots to assist, um, and to make, uh, the whole project super efficient compared against the budget. So we've been taking the time to navigate these, these problems that are, that are true, dis, that it, true disruption is occurring. And um, so we've taken the time to kind of understand the industry and are working with very unique customers who see a future state. Some companies are still in a quagmire are choosing to look the other way when it comes to audit, the automation of, time and attendance, location of workers and efficiency and health and safety. We're attempting to automate and assist in that industry. So we supply wearable robots called Prism. We supply software called Mosaic and environments to relate all the information. We call them Tesseracts. 
I think the thing you were uh, at my house and telling me, talking to me about Prism, and this was before it actually came out. And yeah, we can talk about it now. But yeah, sure. I was. I, it really made a lot of sense to me because Prism's just this very small. It just it's like a it's like a button almost that you can wear on whatever you're wearing. And you described it to me as you said, Matt. Picture someone building a twenty story building. And you have no, this thing's just a frame. There's no walls, there's no windows, there's really not much. And you're trying to figure out what floor I'm on. Well, you want to understand. Yeah, <laughs> and it understand. made sense to me. I was like, wow, I've never really thought about that. Yeah. What, so are, they, who, what are they working there? on? Yeah, what are, they, what are they working on? What are they doing? Or maybe where can I find you? Now, you mentioned talking about automating things. I think my first real experience with with robots was when I worked for Roland. So mm -hmm. Roland, you know, one of the world's, yeah. well, the world's largest maker of uh, electronic musical instruments. Um, and it wasn't, it didn't have any, they, they would use them and they were using them in their factories. And I just like remember seeing how they were doing it. So, you know, they have people that are assembling musical instruments and they had all these, you know, they had these bins that was like a little wall of bins and they had a sensor. And every time they stuck their hand in, it would knew that it knew that they were reaching in to pull a part out. So then the robotics actually would know when they needed more parts. Now, look, this was like 20 years ago, which in the world of this stuff is like 2000 years ago. <laughs> and that was really cutting edge and innovative. And, you know, they had a little basically a little robot cart kind of came through and it gave them more parts and more pieces. And then. They also did things like, uh, and that just creates efficiency, you know, and, and not slowing things down. And then another one was, so one of the things that Roland's really known for is making pianos and keyboards. Yeah. So they had, I, I remember feeling so confident to tell our accounts like, Hey, look, this is, these things work 99.99% of the time. And I can tell you why, because they had these robots that would just sit there and play the keys yeah. like a million times each to make sure <laughs> that they all, that they didn't break or that they, you know, ahead of the tasks. Who wants well, to and that's that? the thing is who, what person wanted to do that? And would you even have a finger left after <laughs> there's 88 keys on a piano? That's 88 million <laughs> strokes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, first off, I don't even know how long that took, you know, hopefully it took a lot less time than it did to render a million hours of service. Interesting but, uh, discussion because what's happening now with automation and uh, a couple of key core technologies I think that um, the pandemic accelerated uh, the use of technology and uh, heightened use of automated tasks. It was heightened by the pandemic, the use of tele, you know, telecommunication, not being in an office, setting up rules and, you know, uh, digital infrastructure that was all accelerated by the pandemic. So, What's happening now is you're seeing a boom in robotics because the technology is getting low cost enough to be able to create solutions. So I, I'm excited about being at the right place at the right time with the right people. I mean, that's the key. And that's the key. I wouldn't call it luck. It's been oh, no, quite man, a bit I of have, time to do that. You we've know, had this conversation <laughs> too. I, I don't believe in luck. I mean, that's, it was as early as the, the, you know, Greek philosophers making statements that luck is nothing but preparation and opportunity at an intersection. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. I, I believe I, in that. I, I, it drives me, I've had people, you know, and it's, I've maybe had a two year break from this because I think I'm like you in the regard that I love people. And then sometimes I don't <laughs> like just that, you know, just sick it, of you. It's no, not <laughs> quite that. Not quite. Well, maybe on some things, but you know, I, I, it's funny. I don't miss going to big functions with 300 people in a room and trying to remember what I, what I said the next day, you know, or, <laughs> I don't know. I like that I, WWE and that suite, that full, full in the, uh, in the startup hustle suite. That was a, a full, well, the full, full scale suite. Scale we can go to the yeah. startup hustle suite. That is right. We did go, uh, we did last. So yeah, we'll be firing that back up on January 1st, but you know, <laughs> the, uh, the communication with, with people and, you know, sometimes explaining what you, what you're doing or, or how or what and why and when, and you talk about getting around the right people. And I mean, I, I, I personally have found that to be harder and harder and harder to do. Um, you know, when it comes to, to sharing with different people and finding mm -hmm. like, I don't know, relating to, to people. And I, I think you talk about the, uh, the pandemic accelerating technology. And then it also like created a bigger digital divide 
I mean, my whole day, you took, we were talking earlier about the full scale website combined with Gigabook is like doing the job of like, you know, the, the, say, like the full-time salesperson. It's making my, well, no, I'm doing the sales, but yeah. the problem is I didn't want to do the 90% of the stuff that was before that. So that kind of automation is creating a, a hell of a lot of efficiency. Sure. Now, There's a lot of forward thinking. You know, we were talking about, um, you know, the, you know, AI and machine learning and stuff like that. What do you think is the most misunderstood part about that? I think I just, I, I, I think that most people don't understand that it takes real work in the very beginning to set up a data feeding system so that uh, before any AI can make any recommendation, the data has to be enriched. It has, it, it, it takes quite a bit of work uh, on the ingestion of the data in the beginning, how it's enriched, how it's associated and organized. We're working on um, the ability for, uh, for a human and an AI assist to relate very specific pieces of information, whether it's, um, uh, classified, unclassified, uh, you know, person, place, or thing. It's a, a new way to associate and enrich information to be visualized by a human, organized by a machine, and the decisions to, to the decisions that are made ultimately by a human are enhanced by a piece of software or an AI serving up many different choices for the human to make instantly. So that's what we built the Tesseract for. So we built the physical environment to be physically there and then we virtualized it in VR and then with AR enhancement. So we, we, we believe that um, it's the human who, it, it'd be the, the human's powers are enhanced by, or the human intellect and the human decision-making is enhanced by AI. Uh, and the tools, a room, a certain tools in the room, collaboration with other people. They may be in different parts of the world. Um, so we're, we're very interested in this, the, to build these tools to make work um, super efficient and fast. Well, that's, that's important stuff. You know, it's mouthful. I, it, <laughs> no. it, I, I, I do so many of the top city's top startup episodes with Lauren Conway and I know, oh, yeah. you know, Big fan I of know, you know Lauren and yeah. she always, uh, she always asked Jessica who our producer to, um, yeah, love Jessica. to, to uh, give me the questions or the companies that are about supply chain logistics. Like, I, oh, I mean, I'm not, an ex- I'm not an expert in that, but she, but one of the, that I do find a fascination and you talk about like the things that need to be done and there aren't people to do it. And what, one of the things that as we come into a post pandemic economy, you ask me how full scale is doing. Well, full scale is doing great because there's almost 400,000 open it jobs in the U S that aren't fillable. Mm. And we have this, this massive imbalance in, uh, and what people are trained to do and what people want to do and then what needs to be done. And I was thinking about, you know, uh, uh, Tesla and what they're doing with the semi with the 18 wheeler trucks yeah. and battery powered and self-driving and whatever. And so much, you hear so much about supply chain problems right now. And if those things were out on the road, that supply chain would, coming. would, would be free out. Yeah, it would be freed up. So, so with that, the question I've got is, I mean, how do you speak? Can, can you, uh, I, I've often been on this show quoting Warren Buffett and saying nine women can't make a baby in a month. <laughs> so can you speed any of this stuff up? Cause I feel like it's human resistance that slows a lot of it down. Uh, well, listen, I think this is, this is also an interesting discussion because what, what we're attempting to do, we have a unique studio inside Tesseract called Future Lab. And Future Lab is chock full of like um, in, industrial designers, um, mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, people that can draw, writers. I mean, it's an assembly of a very creative and very uh, innovative bunch. And what we're, what we're considering carefully um, beyond inventing our own, in a, our own technology and IP is to carefully next year in, in uh, 2022 to carefully choose two or three companies where Tesseract becomes their weaponized innovation group. I mean, so many people or so many companies that are working every day, they get a thousand things to do. And if they just had this group 
that could ride alongside where, you know, many companies have wish lists and desire to go to a future state, but don't have the minds to do it. We desire to build that relationship. So we are, we are carefully choosing and, uh, three different companies for, uh, for future lab to become their innovation, their secret weapon and in innovation. So we, we are marshalling resources to do that. You know what I found though, and in, in hiring, Locally, because we started Tesseract very specifically, all local investor money, all local talent, right? Um, it's hard to find good people uh, and to curate the right group of individuals that takes some time. We have a unique way we hire, though. It's not normal. We, we try, we try a, a, a term out for a couple of months, like three or four months in an independent contractor arrangement before we bring anybody to W2 so we understand their, their skills and what they can do so it's a different way of hiring these days i would say yeah and, that, and that's i mean that's one of the i've had that discussion with so many people about full scale because they often understand don't understand our business like we don't want you to have your whole team in our <laughs> that's, that's office how, like that's not how our success formula works we want you to have local people and then you get to the point where you run into that shit where are the, where are the people like, and if you want to just put it in layman's terms, like you need people to saw boards and pound nails and mix concrete. And that's kind of, you know, I don't want to say it's that simplistic because, you know, we, we interview hundreds of people to hire a couple and mm -hmm. it's like, and, and I, and yeah, it's funny because you know, right now I've got a waiting list for clients and, and everything. And I, and I, and, and some people would say, well, maybe you just need to hire some of the people you're turning away. No, no, I'm not going to do it. We're not going to do it. It compromises our brand standard. And it honestly, <laughs> that's not, you got to get the right people and not just people. And yeah. that's a, that's a challenge. And I guess it's probably a good time to mention that today's episode <laughs> of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. All right. So John, you know, time flies here on the Startup Hustle podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, we're here uh, towards the, uh, the end of, of our, of our time. Now we still have some time to talk about stuff. Sure. And, I end my episodes and I say my episodes because I'm not the only host of the show. Make sure you tune in weekly and hear what Andrew Morgans has to say about e-commerce and Amazon brand acceleration. Also tune in for a weekly show with Lauren Conaway, whoop, whoop. who is the founder of and CEO of, <laughs> of Innovate Her. Go to InnovateHerKC.com. You know, she just did the uh, Innovate Her very first Innovate Her Awards. I was a sponsor. I, you were, so as was I. And thank you for oh, my pleasure. Really thank like, you for like joining Lauren. me with that. I thought that was such a cool presentation. It me was too. I was so, so touched by so many uh, how heartfelt. Yeah. So many of the women were from winning the awards that we, that you will hear them as future guests. Cause I was like, let's get them in here. Oh, let's, let's talk about it. So yeah. now I, I say there. my episodes end with what I call the founders freestyle. And, uh, you know, you're, you're in my boat. You are a multi, a multi-company founder. Um, we're almost the same age, yeah. if not the same age. And, you know, kind of been, I, I'm, I'm embracing this. I, I, I seem to, whether I want to or not, um, I, I am being thrust into this role of like, I, I'm now like the professor or, <laughs> or like the old guy or something. So I get, I get thrown into the advice role. So when it comes to founders and entrepreneurs in general, I mean, what's, what's some of the best advice that you could give about all of it? Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, what I found is, uh, you know, I'm I, in the CEO role now, what I found is, and what the piece of advice I would give to younger people who desire to be entrepreneurs, and it's not a life for everybody. It's extremely, uh, well, it's a different life, I would say, um, different focus, but the piece of advice is to, to really, uh, master your delivery of communication between multiple types of groups. For instance, if you're the one person that can clearly communicate to creatives, artists, there's a very specific, very special way to do that. Different than the ability to communicate with C-level executives that desire a different, um, you know, they communicate differently in different sets of information versus engineers also communicate differently. If you can master 
the skill to be the great communicator to to sea level creatives, engineers, and those individuals that work inside uh, a realistic company. That is a super huge skill, um, and that would be the best piece of advice to master communication skills with different styles of um, the workforce. Also, I would also recommend learning to read an income statement, balance sheet, and cash flow statement. Because if you can't read those, the business is in uh, your business could be in real trouble. And mastering ninety days of cash. <laughs> you know, re- reading the reading financials at your business is just a different form of communication. That's right. I mean, it's financial communication, and then you talk about that. The cash- there is a story around how to communicate financially, though, because you could be a really yeah. great storyteller for bit for the business yeah. and for the tech and for the products, but the financial story too is the most one of the most important means and mechanisms to communicate. So, to be a master of those styles is. Yeah, I think that I I think you well said, and and those are there's so many companies and people that when it comes to ma- mastering all of those, will they struggle? Um, I mean, I personally I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to communicate to all different kinds of people, and you know what? On some days I'm fucking aces at it, and some days it's like dude, go back to school and start over again. You know, it's like, you just got to keep trying. I think that so much about communicating with people in general is understanding the personality style that they are. Um, you know, you, I, I use this example a lot. My, my wife is not a big fan of public speaking. Mm. Uh, she's more on the introverted side and that personality type requires a different approach pattern. And, uh, the thing is, is for, for people like me who are like very, very high up on the, on the driven and type a scale, oh dude, you can go in and mow people over and it's, you know, yeah. you can really just like, I mean, it's like bowling pens, like take one down and the other nine fall with Crack. it. Next thing you know, you've got a huge problem to deal with and all that. And, um, you know, and like I said, on some days I'll do that well. And some days I don't, the days I don't do it well are the days that I'm not actually thinking about it. And, that might be and, an interesting invention on a robot side or an interesting next level piece of technology is with robots. I would say robots that interact with humans, maybe a really great invention would be the invention of how a machine ultimately communicates with the human. Right. Well, you know, like well, yeah. you're old like me. So we had the first computers that came out. I remember mm-hmm. floppy disks still being floppy. And <laughs> I remember people were like, computers are so rude. Right. Syntax error. I'll never forget you when know, I was like, uh, negotiating some, uh, this was a, a, a technology license to a big CPG company. Very unique negotiators on the other side of the CPG company. I'll leave you with this. They literally, you know, they, it, it was a very unique negotiating tactic. They said uh, at the very end at the negotiation, they said, well, um, we want to own the right for the robot to, to whistle while it works. Right. Someone probably owns the right to that song, but that's a soundtrack, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a, that could be any sound effect. So he was very, mm. he, what, he, what he tried to do is throw off the, he said, we want to own the right for the robot to whistle while it works. And I'm thinking this guy's a really a very good negotiator. He's trying to say that if the robot beeps, talks, whistles, that's a sound effect. So he was describing, you know, he was trying to, it was a very unique negotiating means, but uh, yeah, maybe that's a great invention is in the future, how robots determine how to communicate with human. They look at you, they look at the face, they understand your temperature, where you're at in the house or the business. So I mean, they tell the, a joke to you or something. The, and, and your personality type can be determined. It's funny because it's your personality types actually determined by the way you see yourself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's like everything about it. Like I, I'm <laughs> telling you, I took a deep dive into this yeah. for years and I did it because I was having a hard time communicating with people. I was, it started when I was in my mid twenties uh-huh. and I was a salesperson and I noticed I could always sell really well to people that were like me. Now, I remember I was working in the music industry, so I, and a, and a piano keyboard and kind of stuff centric. So imagine a piano teacher. That's not usually what it, okay. 
when people meet yeah. me and they get around me for a little bit and they see what my personality is like, no one ever is like, dude, I bet you're a piano teacher. No, <laughs> no one has ever said that to me in the I, history the of me, to be a piano teacher? right? The history of me. So it's a little more introverted, but I couldn't figure out why. And I, and I, and I really did figure out why. And it was just that, I mean, you, I mean, if you take it all the way down to the simplicity of type A and type B, there's just different people look at data and information differently. I so, totally understand. So, so introvert, introverted people, they want more info. They want to know how you got from A to B to C to D to E to F to G, where people on the type A side are like, you know what? Give me the terms. Just I need- <laughs> give me the bottom line. Where are we at? I don't care about the process. I don't care how the sausage is made. And, and, you know, that's a, uh, but it's true. So you have to you have to shape your reaction and your delivery. It doesn't mean you have to change who you are or be fake. Right. You just have to be. You have to actually. It's all about self awareness. Totally and agree. Understanding, like, and I I go through this a lot, John, in the Philippines because oh, there's there's a big big cultural difference. Uh-huh. A lot a lot more humble and quiet and and you know so and i do have to take a different approach with that somehow cuz otherwise it just like i don't know you just you, it's like you're showing up and just bossing people around and you know and the and thing you're is you're a big you're a big fellow too and that's, you go well, that's, up, and you know what that's enough well i'm actually glad you mentioned that cuz that was another thing with the self awareness so mm-hmm. for those of you that are listening you know i'm 64 and i weigh 255 pounds today you know, and I got a big, loud voice, big and boy, and I'm confident and, and that mows some people down and you got to be aware of that and without sacrificing who you are, the confidence and the ability to be who you are. But really all it is, is that, okay, so it just might be a little bit like you can see it. I took it down a notch. I did. I took it down a notch <laughs> and I'm calm and I'm not, and you know, I know you, you're listening and you can't see me, but I'm not waving my arms around and I'm not imposing. <laughs> and, and and some of it too is like, maybe just don't stand right up next to someone that's two feet yeah. shorter than <laughs> you because you're just feel like a giant, yeah. you know? So anyway, <laughs> once, that approach up, would you? once again <laughs> with me today, John Bucard, CEO and founder of Tesseract Ventures. You go to tesseractventures.io. If you're interested in watching my reaction video, that's both the preparation to the show and also seeing if John uses our new putter with a camera installed on it to win free t-shirts here at the Startup Hustle studio. There you go. That's it. We got we got fire engines in the background, kind of showing we're back on this. If you want to watch my reaction video, both for getting ready uh, during the show and then afterward, get my takeaways. Go over to Startup Hustle YouTube channel. It's a new thing we have just started doing. Hopefully, you enjoy it, John. I will see you next time, Matt. Thank you for having me, man. What a great time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.